welcome to another episode of the morning Wait, after. We were recording that whole time. Yeah, yeah, we were recording. Oh, I'm good. not going to use any of it. Good. Yeah, let's start over. Uh, again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Um, <laughs> the mystery of what yeah. everybody. Here's yeah. your opening. I bet you all wish you right. knew what we Bonus were talking content. about before. With your subscription of 19.99 a month. <laughs> we, you can get behind the scenes of behind we, the uh, scenes. We try to help you guys like out with your with your days. And uh, if we published what we were recording before that, you'd probably just be depressed. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a good thing at all. Um, but as you can hear, Pastor Jim here with us as always most times. Good morning, Freedom Center. And, and then Pastor Carl oh, as well. How are you doing this morning, Pastor Take Carl? So. <laughs> He's drinking some uh, some spicy kombucha over yeah, there. Man. I'm, uh, Gut health. I'm, yeah. Oh, Pastor's I'm a, reaching I'm for it. Ingredients here. Oh, I thought you were going to try it. Are you going to try a drink of it? Don't shake it. No, you can't <laughs> shake it. <laughs> no. It'll explode. <laughs> I'm just trying to, okay. But Bacillus coagulanus. Yeah. Bacterial. Okay. He just took his glasses off, Black so don't trust essence. any of the stuff that he's actually Green reading. tea extract. Stevia. Oh, it's got it's artificially sweetened. That's okay. Can I yeah. drink? I don't care. Stevia. No, it's it, that's a natural sweetener, yeah. I think. I, right? I just brushed my teeth. Can I take a drink just to give you my honest it. opinion what it tastes yeah. like after? He, okay, he's drinking some kombucha. Mm-hmm. And Okay. All right. If you took a raw egg. Uh-huh. And you buried it in an old gym shoe underneath a chicken. Stop. Season, Stop. Thailand. <laughs> Blah. <laughs> wow. That's actually pronounced kombucha. Kombucha. Wow. Nasty. It's better awesome. than that. It's not. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, yeah. that's. Uh, I, I always enjoy doing something fun for the opener. I didn't have anything planned, so that's great. Thanks for bringing the entertainment, You're Pastor welcome. Carl. The kombucha. You're welcome. I can't shake it, man. Yesterday's sermon. Yes. It was kind of a one-off. We we're used to like doing series, yeah, and or like special Sundays. Like last week was Educator Sunday, yeah. and this week uh, we said it at the end of the podcast. Last week we didn't know what. I mean, you didn't know till Thursday really of what Sunday sermon was. Going yeah, I was actually heading a different direction Wednesday, Thursday morning. Right, and, and then you changed. then you yeah. taught it Wednesday to the staff, and then you decided that you didn't want to teach that on Sunday. Yeah, what I, yeah. what made you go in the direction that you you ended up going on Sunday? Was it just you know for for a single Sunday just dealing with uh, any issue, any any real issue, like you know teach the whole book of Proverbs or right. whole, you know the law, or whatever. It's it's tough. So I I really felt like we'd spent the summer kind of gleaning over things, you know, and helping people would pursue that, and and some have. The, mm-hmm. This one was more like let's let's dig deep into something. Let's ask some really tough questions. Let's yeah. you know let's get somebody that really it isn't philosophical, it isn't theological. It's very practical. Like how do I know you know what's right. the right thing to do uh, right. for me and for others and and holiness and so yeah we went after that one. Yeah yeah and I thought it was. Uh... I think my favorite part of the sermon was when you were talking about how you love to smoke a pipe Yeah, and just seeing people's, I was in second service um, and seeing people's reactions to that was pretty, pretty you funny, know, I'm blind including my, wa- my wife's reaction. She was like, what? Like, your dad smokes a pipe. And I was like, just, just, I had, I had already been in first service. Right. I was like, just first listen, way, like he's going to explain it. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I thought that that was interesting that you're, uh, the three tests, right? The upward, the inward, and the outward. Nicely test. done. Yeah. Um, that it passed two out of the three of those. Yeah. Um, I guess I wanted to kind of ask you to elaborate on a little bit, okay. but curious if you're not a leader in the church, you're yeah. not a pastor, you're just an average attender, does it pass all three of those tests, the right. the, the pipe smoking tests, or is it still a, yeah, I'm just, a Christian? Just to and be, I, yeah, just to be, if those that maybe not heard the sermon, what I said was yeah. I, I really enjoy smoking a pipe. And so the upward test, is, does God's word strictly 
prohibit the use of tobacco. Well, I don't think tobacco existed then and it wasn't smoked and so forth. So, so no, it, it doesn't fail that. It passes that test. The inward right. test, do I feel an inward conviction that by smoking a pipe once a week when I'm fishing or, you know, watching a ball game or sitting on the back porch watching a sunset, uh, does that, you know, is that, am, I, am I guilty in my conscience about that? And the answer is no, I don't feel any conviction. There was the outward test and the test that it failed was, does this behavior, can it have a negative effect on the people that sure. I serve, right. um, the people that I lead? And that's that's where it fell apart. So I, um, if I were a single man, and if I were not a father, mm-hmm. and if I were not a pastor, and if I were not a teacher, if I were not a, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was out fishing right. by ifs. myself <laughs> yeah. in the middle of a lake, um, enjoying a sunset with, with right. drowning worms, I would have absolutely no conviction it's, about smoking that. It goes back to the whole thing that you're talking about with rights versus responsibility. Yeah. If yeah. you had no responsibility, then you would be okay with can, smoking Can I also say how place. sad my life would be, though? Yeah, if, right, if right. I, you know, I, I don't have anybody or anything, and so I might as well just smoke and die. Like, I mean, that that's a... I, I I think yeah I I again I don't want to I don't want to overlap my morality onto somebody else's yeah but I, I think where we get we get in trouble is say well the Bible doesn't say anything about what Jesus never taught on as if right. as if that's the end like if Jesus never talked about you know axe murdering then axe murdering is okay because Jesus never talked about it. it's like that's right. not true there are, there are other tests besides what did Jesus say about a specific social issue gender issue uh, moral issue. So to say Jesus never talked about it, it's not in the Bible, there I can do anything I want. Well, Jesus didn't talk about a lot of things. The Bible sure. doesn't talk about a lot of things. Burgers. Yeah. It doesn't Bur- talk about burgers. I mean, <laughs> and, and like issues like abortion or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, I would contend that it does, but but it doesn't use the word. You know what I mean? Right. So there, there are places where we just have to kind of, instead of looking for loopholes like lawyers trying to get away with something, we need to look at it like sons and daughters that are yeah. are loved. You know what I mean? In relationships. Right. So the closer I get to God, it's funny, the, the narrower my road has mm-hmm. gotten, and I wouldn't trade a thing. So let me ask you this. You're 90 years old. You're retired. Your grandkids are all in their 20s and yeah. 30s. Uh, are you? Is that pipe smoking time then when you're when you're that old? Yeah. Or is that... I don't know. My my problem would be, you know, again, uh, my great grandson opens the drawer and there's yeah. my pipe in there. You know right. what I mean? Or it comes in. What's that smell? You know what I mean? I love right. that smell, Grandpa. What is it? Oh, mm-hmm. you know, Grandma made uh, banana bread. You know, <laughs> or, or whatever. So I, I I guess if I if I feel like I have to hide it, I uh-huh. probably shouldn't do it, right? Yeah. If I feel like I have to yeah, wait good. until I'm not influencing anybody, sure. it's probably wrong all along. You know, right? So that's good. I, I I guess again, my rights. You know, what do I have a right to do? I, I mean. All things are permissible for me, right? Yeah. But but not all things are advantageous. I mean, some things, you know, that's Paul's argument. Like everything is okay. I mean, the grace of God covers my sin, but yeah. let, let's not be silly. My my liberty was purchased at a great price. Right. So for me to just say I'll live my life however I want because I get to go to heaven, really contradicts the sacrifice. Sure. You know. Yeah. What about you, Pastor Carl? Are there uh, certain things that you wish that you could do that you can't do because of, <laughs> cause you have a family and you're in ministry? <laughs> uh, yeah, and because God tells me uh, not right, to, right, right, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, I mean, I used to smoke cigars. Uh-huh. And so, you know, deciding that that probably wasn't the best thing for me and, you know, having worked in ministries where that thing was prohibited you know what i mean but you know and not at all disagreeing but you know sermons like those the the topic of it makes me squirm and Mm -hmm. i think because of my background i hate gray areas gray areas (laughs) are like 
right. you know, like there's just this. Tell like, me what I'm supposed to yeah, do. Tell exactly, me what I'm not supposed you know? to do. And it's just uh, there are there are clear lines that I like to you know yes and no recognizing mm-hmm. you know, and I'm gonna bring up the you know big fat elephant that everybody likes to whatever, but. I even if I wasn't a pastor here, I wouldn't drink. You know, my yeah. father was an alcoholic. Right. Um, until I was thirteen, that kind of stuff runs in my family. I right. just I recognize at this point that for me, even socially, that's not something that I want to engage in. Yeah. But I also recognize that you know socially, some people are okay with that. Yeah. You know, so there's a. For, if it were me, I would just prefer that nobody does it ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. That's the. But that's because you don't like those gray areas. Exactly. You just the exactly. Yes or no but I also recognize that the Bible allows for some flex in areas, you know, based on personal convictions and interpretations, and you know, all that good right. jazz. So there's. There, there's that kind of stuff where I'm so glad we talk about that stuff and yeah. those tests where, but man, I, every time somebody brings up that kind of, well, the Bible doesn't say it's like, oh my gosh, I just want to like tape your mouth shut yeah. right now because right. it's it's ridiculous. And I think what you alluded to earlier is kind of the key to that is like, how much do you value your liberty to do things that you would openly argue or sacrifice right something else you know what i mean yeah. because of your desire to right. do it so well I, and you yeah. you say you don't like the guy that brings up the verse that doesn't say like that there's nowhere in the bible that says you can't drink alcohol or whatever right. i honestly i was that that kid not mm-hmm. in college or when i was i worked at the church and then i took a break off and then i started working at the church again and i didn't see any problem in that time frame of having a drink that, mm-hmm. that wasn't a big deal sure. you know um and now i was for, married for the record I, this is a radio show so you can't tell that he did not make eye contact <laughs> with his father the entire time <laughs> <story. laughs> i was i was but i'm, I'm getting to my point here um <laughs> i was for it. i was married and it wasn't a big deal for my wife um and it wasn't a big deal for me and then we had hollis and uh even whenever lauren was pregnant it was just kind of like okay like i'm that's not even going to be in our fridge or anything mm. like we had like, I remember I bought like two beers uh, probably like three years ago and they sat in the fridge for probably like two years. And then I just never drank them. I threw them away. Whenever I found <laughs> out Lauren was pregnant, it was just like, I just don't even want this in the house anymore. Sure. It goes back to what you're saying about like your rights and your responsibilities of, I felt like it was okay when I wasn't in church leadership and I was just married. My wife was okay with it. Now all of a sudden we have a kid and now I'm not okay with sure, it. Yeah. And sure. then being in church leadership, not only am I not okay with it, but it's not even allowed in the first place. So um, I, I I definitely, I'd never had words to say what yeah. what that was, but yeah. the, the rights versus responsibility is a perfect explanation of yeah. that, of just, mm-hmm. um, I don't deal with it. Like I can, I can drink a beer and be drink one beer and be done. Yeah. But I know there's people out there that can't. They sure. drink one and then they have to drink fifteen right. until they pass right. out and wake up the next morning. Right. Um, but okay. I don't. My my son is nine months old and I don't know if he's going to be like that or not. And I'm not even going to introduce it to him because I don't want to have to find out the hard way whether right. he does it's have funny, a problem we, we with got that the or social not. Social issues where where people are saying, I you know, 
it's legalism, it's religion, it's, you know, you're trying to take away, there's no reason, people in Italy do it, people in France do it, Christians right. and, you know, the, the great Christians of old, blah, 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 and I, I wouldn't debate any of that, I, you yeah. know I'm saying, I, I don't, but it isn't, it isn't from religion, it's from love that I'm saying, hey, be really careful. I, I, I remember I grew up on motorcycles, and I love motorcycles. I love going fast. I love the wind in my hair. I don't like helmets. It's, it's a, you know, a kamikaze pilot and a biker you know, had a baby. It's me. I, I, love, I love running down the road you know, and feeling the wind and the four hairs that I have left on top of my head. <laughs> and I, but I, I remember I, I got on an 1100 uh, Suzuki Katana, one of those crotch rocket rice burners, you know, and I, <laughs> I went through like first gear, second gear, third gear, and, and mom was pregnant with, with you. Uh -huh. And um, I, I remember just like looking down, I was doing 70 miles an hour in third gear on this like, this like back road and realized, you know, if I hit that tree, if I lose control of this bike yeah. at 70 miles an hour, I'm dead and she's yeah. a widow and, and you don't have a father. Right. And I remember just like let off the gas and second gear, first gear, turned around, came back. I, I didn't get on another motorcycle again until I was 50. Right. Because it was like I, I'm, I become more important to people that I love more than myself. And I think yeah. that's the test, really. Yep. We didn't talk about it yesterday, but if I, I've watched so many, we'll take women, for example, that have habits that are unhealthy. But when they get pregnant, because of that baby, man, they yeah. quit smoking. They, right. they don't have that one glass of wine. They, they start exercising. They walk around right. yoga pants, stretching things. They, you know, why? It's because they actually, even though they didn't love themselves enough to care for themselves in a, in a, a super healthy way, sure. when they found out they were having a baby, they love their yeah. baby so much. They're like eating vitamins and drinking kombucha, you know, <laughs> drink and all that kind of stuff. Well, how many times the same with guys, like when they find out that they're, their girlfriend that they've been sleeping with is pregnant and all of a sudden they have a radical life change because it's like i'm i'm an adult now and like yeah. i need to provide for was, i mean that was totally my brother yeah okay so, and we just had that conversation jason if you're listening i love you uh, <laughs> the other day where you know my brother <clears throat> you know was you know kind of the definition of poor life choices on the street you know yeah. and then you know, finds out that, you know, his girlfriend is pregnant and then, you know, they get married and, you know, he, we were just talking the other day about the decisions that he has made to, you know, get a job to do the things that he needs to do in order to provide for his wife and kid and how, you know, he's had, he's like, I've had offers, I've had offers to come back into you know, that lifestyle, yeah. but because these people I care about providing and caring for yeah. them more than, you know, this quick buck or this quick right. high or whatever that is, yeah. I, you know, I've chosen to stay away from that lifestyle. Right. You know? so, is, would you say that it's almost like if you're still choosing to do those things, that you love those things more than the people that you're supposed to be caring I, about? I think we have to be careful I think people say that if you love me more than your your pills or right. your dope or your you know yeah. what I mean, then you'd you'd quit. But sure. I, but it's uh, the, the closest analogy I've ever had to understand someone who's chemically addicted. Yeah, is if if the people listening right now would just take a, a good deep breath, let out another deep breath, and hold it. About sixty seconds from now, yeah. they'd start to feel what it feels like to be an addict every morning when you wake right. up. So it, you know, and so if you really love me, you would you wouldn't breathe anymore. You'd stop breathing. Like it's. Your, your brain literally is convinced, I have to have, I'll die without this. That's why we're mugging old ladies for change. That's why yeah. we're, you know, addicts are doing terrible, terrible things. It's right. not because they're terrible, terrible people. They're they're under this the influence of something really awful, and they'll do anything. They'll sell themselves. They'll sell their children. They'll, right. 
you know, they'll steal, they'll rob, they'll murder for the next high because, yeah. you know, I, I, if someone's in the way of you and your next breath, what would you do to get them out of your way? Right. You know what I mean? So it, it's more complicated than that. But the answer, the simple answer is yes. When, mm-hmm. when I love, when Jesus loved me more than himself, he died for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I love Jesus more than myself, I'll die for him. Yeah. When I love my family more than myself, I'll, I'll live for them, I'll die for them. So right. Love really is the solution, mm-hmm. but when it, when it comes to like, that, that's true with selfishness, that's true with, you know, greed, that's true, but when it comes to like, a heroin addict is not, you know what I'm saying, that's different. Yeah. A, a full-blown sure. alcoholic, it's it's the same math, it just has a lot more numbers in, right. in the equation, and we have yeah. to be careful of, of saying, if you really love me, like, to, if I was the son of an addict, you talk about your father being an right. addict, I believe your father loved you, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that, that yeah, he, yeah, he still does. But there's that, it sneaks in and becomes your master. And it, you don't know it's your master until it's your kid's birthday party and you miss it because you're drunk. Right. right. You know what I mean? And then, you go, and then you realize, hey, wait a minute. I'm on the wrong side of this. Right. I'm a terrible father. And, and the, I don't know, but I'll bet the reason he got sober had to do with his family. Oh, yeah. You My know, mom. You, yeah, with a rolling yeah. pin or a knife or a gun or, or just, just a, <laughs> Pick a smile. And the reason, the reason we, we stopped self-destructive behavior is is love it's community so we take an addict and we put them in prison right and again i'm I'm, this isn't a political thing but you take someone who's addicted you put them in prison well yeah they're they're not going to do as much heroin in prison as they did on the street but the problem wasn't really addiction the problem was relationship yeah you know what i mean yeah it's interesting it's been proven a thousand times the worst thing we can do for an addict is put them in a in in any system where there's no relationship people come and go it's very, you know, debilitating emotionally. They actually would be do better on Gilligan's Island with Ginger, Marianne, Skipper, the professor, than they do in cell block right. H, where they're surviving every day. I'd be curious to do like a survey of, of people that used to be addicts that aren't anymore, that they're in recovery, and yeah. see what was the re- why did you want to stop? Was it because you just didn't want that behavior anymore? Or was it because I'm hurting people around me that I love and that I care about? Um, it's I, probably always I motivated by I think it's a perfect it. intersector of those things. Yeah. You know, it's kind of that. I know with my dad, it was, you know, recognizing that, yeah, I'm causing damage to the people around me. And that kind of spurred the I don't want to be like right. this yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know, but to real to, you know, uh, confirm whatever, you know, what Pastor Jim was saying that, you know, my dad went through rehab and came out of that directly into a church relational environment right. with men who were willing to, you know, be there for him and yeah. and help him out. And, you know, community after, you know, whatever program that you're right. in is, man, I can't even tell you how. Every dumb decision I've ever made, I can draw a straight line to whether or not I either was or felt like I was isolated. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like right. it just. So if someone's feeling that way, they should probably join a life group, right? That's <laughs> the answer to that. Smooth, Do we have? But for smooth. real, there's. Uh, I think we have like an addictions life yeah, group. Yeah, yeah, this year, yeah. Right? There's a this coming Wednesday. Um, Tony Brown is facilitating a group. It's actually it's not necessarily for addicts, but it's for loved ones of okay. addicts. And right. just there's counselors coming in each week, and That's you know awesome. here are some tools and resources. You know how many right. of us and totally I, free, right? Yeah, totally okay. free. Yeah, I, it'll say five dollars on there, but I'm putting it out there that I'm waving that. So. Okay. But that's kind of the, you know, how many of us out there, and, and I'm 
one of them who has somebody in their life that they love and care about and they're addicted to something and I don't, you know, what do you do for them? Yeah. We got people coming in that'll kind of help with that. So awesome. So if you're listening to this, you have a loved one that's an addict, uh, if this podcast is kind of just sticking with you, come to that group. It's going to be awesome. All right. Pastor Jim. Yeah. Next Sunday, we yeah, started man. a very exciting series we've been doing a lot of planning for. Um, yeah. I'm just calling it The Land Of because the name is too right. long to call it like the whole thing. <laughs> um, so do you want to just talk about what we can yeah, expect we, for this this Sunday and the series in this whole? Is, this is probably like 15, 17 years in the making um, where I realized in my own life that I was on a journey and the journey, even though it had uh, dollars and cents and giving and paychecks and taxes and tithes, and it really had nothing to do with that primarily. What it had to do with was my attitude, my perspective, my heart. And so when we live with a poverty mentality, um, if I put like a horizontal line in front of you and say, that's what God provides for you. If you live above that line, every dollar you spend above that line puts you deeper and deeper into debt, which we're going to compare to slavery. Um, and, and the problem is not the debt. God can deal with the debt. God can get Israel out of Egypt in a day. That's yeah. not a problem. It's, it's the process of getting Egypt out of Israel, getting, getting that mindset, that poverty mindset, that less than mindset, that if God won't bless me, I'll bless myself, or right. I don't know how I'm going to pay this off. I just want it right now because it's Christmas and my kids deserve. I want. It's easy payments. All, all the lies that we have a multi-billion dollar, maybe even trillion dollar industry um, that's telling us what we need to have. And it's not what we have. It's what we don't have. You need right. to buy my stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. That's the line of not enough. Living above the line of God's provision puts you deeper and deeper into slavery. And the average American is deep into debt, deep into slavery, whether yep. it's what we could consider good debt like student loans or mortgages or bad debt like credit cards and the stuff broke 10 years ago and we're still paying on. Yeah. The land of just enough is when we make that that decision to be content living at that line and we begin to we never borrow another dollar we put ourselves in a, in a position where we're going to trust our master not our master card and that that repentance and then uh, the last one is as we kind of if you live in the land of the wilderness long enough it's a place where things go to die where new life comes where you trust manna to show up at the right time you yeah because I mean? i'm not going back to slavery i'm going to trust my master not right. my master card then you move to a place where you, where you can live beneath that line uh, of God's provision. So now I have what I need and I have more. And what do we do with that more? How do we help mm-hmm. other people? What do we do to change right. the world? What about retirement? What about generosity? What about, you know, yeah. blessing people? So we're, uh, when we realized that, you know, Dina and I were on that, that journey, uh, we, we found, man, like the comparisons to what God put Israel through coming out of Egypt, through the wilderness, 40 years, not 40 days, 40 years, and then, you know, into the the land flowing with milk and honey, yeah. we saw so many parallels that it became a teaching that, um, that we're not going to talk about. And we've actually been through right. all these lands, you know, yeah. finally debt-free, finally, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's I, I'm really looking forward to it. Right. I think it's going to be a revelation to people. I think what we've been taught is normal is not. Uh, yep. What's normal is slavery. We're going to confront right. slavery and the whole poverty slave mentality about finances. Well, and know? it's it's interesting too because uh, economically the 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 state of Michigan's been very positive the last yeah. five, six, seven years or whatever. Um, and people tend to instead of save during those times, they tend to get credit cards and spend on those credit cards. Yeah. And then whenever time gets bad, they don't have any money to be able to pay for what kind yeah. of happened so i'll be really interested to see just you know, where everybody's our, our story at. in 30 seconds was every time I mean, we live very meagerly 
Yeah. But every time we got a raise, instead of saying that raise will pay off our debt, we said that raise, we can allow another $30 uh, a month in payments. Sure. So we leveraged the $30 raise yeah. into a $3,000 loan. And so right. we had a money problem, but money wasn't our problem. Yeah. And a lot of people that have money problems, money's not their not their first problem. It's, right. It really is another mentality. It's it's to say, I'm going to live in the land of just enough, long enough to get out of it. Or like Dave Ramsey says, I'm going to live like no other so that when sure. my debt's paid off, I can live like no other. Yeah. That That is a uh, that's a journey most people do not want to take. Right. And, and it parallels that, you know, you're in the wilderness going, oh, man, if only we go back to slavery where we had we had an abundance of me. It's like, you were a slave, man. Right. <laughs> you're working seven days yeah. a week. You know, it was re- yeah. there, he was murdering your, your people and you're longing for that. But that, right. that really is the lie. Once we make a decision to trust God for, for a short season, slavery looks better than freedom. Because yeah. we've been raised in slavery, yeah. it looks right. more natural. Yeah. So. I know Lauren and I are really looking forward to the series, just because yeah. we we made some smart investments with our our house and selling, buying and selling at the right time. We had about fifty thousand dollars in student loans that we totally paid off. Great. So we're now debt free, other than our mortgage, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of like, what is that next step now that we yeah. are in that land of like we don't have any debt, we don't want to accrue any more debt. We actually were looking to redo some stuff in our house. Uh, we don't have really the cash for it right now, yeah. but we just said like, we're not going to do that. And the next day we got over $2,000 in checks in the mail right, from right. like random yeah. stuff that like we weren't expecting at all yeah. just showed up. And it was like, Oh, it's just like us trusting God to be our provider there and it is. not, mm. not like us trying to be our provider, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, there's math and there's God math. Yep. You know, there's nobody on my staff that didn't take a cut and pay to be here. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, 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 yeah. And, and, and it all works because, right. I mean, the math doesn't work, but the God math does because right. God has a way of, you know, taking care of people. And, and if yep. it's manna that falls from heaven and water that comes out of rocks and quail that shows up overnight, then that's that's what it'll do. So mm-hmm. it's a faith walk or it's a walk of slavery. You you really do have a choice. <laughs> but those are yeah. the only two choices right. I'm aware of. Right. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for being on for another week. Really looking forward to next week. We're hoping to have some financial type people on the podcast over the next couple of weeks just to help people kind of take that next step. They've heard the sermon. They want to get out of the land of whatever land they're in. And hopefully we can give them some free tips on how to get to that next place. So we will talk to you guys next week. You do not want to miss this Sunday service or not even the next three weeks because it's going to be an awesome series. Uh, 9 and 1130. If for some reason you're still out of town, you can catch us on live stream. And we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good week.